0: Billiken fans, it's Zach Miller and Peter Hale. This is the Midtown Madness podcast. Uh, First of all, I I need to uh, extend a thank you to my to my wonderful co-host, Pete Hale. Uh, He's been carrying the load uh, with the with the 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 notes and the outline the last few weeks. Uh, Just a lot going on over here uh, in St. Louis. So thank you, Pete, for that. Happy to do it. Pete uh, I think we're gonna be a Tour de France podcast for the next couple weeks uh, now. Um, I'm kidding but it, it is great if you're not if you happen to be up at that time of the morning. Uh, but there was talk on billikins.com today about the savannah bananas. Um, if you haven't seen the Savannah bananas, if our listeners haven't seen it, I, I believe you have Pete. Uh, Basically, it's a college summer league team, Wood Bat League, I believe, and they do outlandish promotions, outlandish kind of world record attempts. They dance in between innings. And Pete, this got me thinking, what if the Billikens just truly took this idea and leaned into the fan experience? I'm not talking the crazy antics or the, the dancing at timeouts, but like really leaned into the fan experience and tried to uh just make it like a seventies ABA or indoor soccer game.
1: <laughs> Jackie Moon wrestling the bear at halftime.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. Like I like I think like absolutely go crazy with the intros, like ridiculous, just light. I I, I pitched um CO2 spraying from the backboard on a three pointer or a dunk. Uh, I think that would be sweet. I know Australia does that. I saw that watching like a Kevin Lish highlight video. It's pretty sweet. What do you think? So, I, what do you, I think we should, I think they could do it.
1: So playing devil's advocate here, I think there are the stuff that the team does, The you know, the Savannah bananas team, I think probably none of that's going to fly right, because right, right. They, they, they still want to, you know, they still want to win games. They have a lot of them have pro aspirations, Um, I don't think they can goof around, but I do think there's something to be said for, uh, for doing more for the fan experience. And, uh, and I think, uh, creativity is always welcome there and not everything's going to be a a home run, but I think, uh, I think there might be some, some, some lessons there about, uh, trying some new stuff.
0: Also, I just realized that we're both wearing green today. Uh, apparently we both won the sprint, uh, at this stage of the tour de France, um, (laughs) So congratulations to both of us on that. Uh, We did not plan that. Um, But seriously, uh, let's get into why people actually listen to us. Uh, And that is Billiken Athletics, Tangentially Related Athletics, uh, talk. Uh, The big story on everybody's, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Billikens.com, conference realignment, Uh, USC, and UCLA are heading to the Big Ten. Um, uh, Pete, you're, you're more, uh, you know, plugged into this kind of stuff than I am. Uh, what What stands out to you about this? I don't
1: know how I would say I'm super plugged into this, You pay more
0: attention.
1: Yeah. And I do have, this is one of those stories that immediately, like, I don't know, UCLA and USC going to the big 10 is inherently ridiculous. Um, Whether you support it or not, everyone knows it's ridiculous. Everyone knows it is. It's shameless money chasing uh, by the most powerful programs in college sports. And everyone hates it i like I can't imagine USC and Ucla fans want to stop playing west coast teams so they can go play in Nebraska and Pennsylvania and Indiana um everything about it is stupid and <laughs> loathsome and what's wrong with college sports um so it's immediate it's just one of those stories especially because since it became official so short after we first started hearing about it i mean that was all in the span of few hours. It
0: was like a Billiken recruiting uh process.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was like uh we're introduced to a guy in the spring and suddenly he's on campus. Um it's true. But so yeah, I mean obviously I think people know by now how I how I feel about this. And and I think probably ninety-eight percent of sports fans are with me and I'd really question anyone who's not um even if you're a you like I said, even if you're a UCLA or USC fan, it's just stupid.
0: I, I don't think how I, I, I got to imagine see the thing is 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 USC is a football school mm-hmm. I understand them going to a more powerful football conference I get that UCLA the majority of their fans are basketball fans mm-hmm. like can, like. there's a difference between playing a football game at 8 a.m. on a saturday because it's a sorry like a a game at 9 a.m. on a saturday Mm. then playing a basketball game at 4 p.m. on a wednesday night
1: yeah and to be clear for people who who haven't been following this ucla and usc are joining the big 10 as full members in 2024 um the big 10 sponsors i want to say 18 sports and these schools carry most of those sports um and then some that are not sponsored by the big 10 that'll kind of stay in you know whatever other you know things like sailing or i'm not sure what else
0: they have beach volleyball yeah i
1: don't think i don't think the big 10 has all that stuff but um but regardless you're talking about like you know track teams and wrestling teams and and like those kind of sports are going to be traveling all over the country to play in the Big Ten, um, you know, not just non-conference meets and matches and games, but um, everything. The, the conference goes all the way to the East Coast, you know, with Maryland and Rutgers. Um, it's, so, it's yeah, it's I mean, everything about it is absurd on its face. But now you have reports today that the Big 12 is in talks with other Pac-12 programs like Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State were specifically mentioned as meeting with the league um, this week and um there's probably others as well with oregon and washington being the most obvious choices and then a league official said everything is on the table including a potential merger between those leagues uh meaning the pac-12 and big 12 become you know kind of a a super western u.s conference basically um and that meanwhile the pac-12 board of directors is meeting to discuss their upcoming round of media rights negotiations which is already a mess because USC and UCLA reportedly um carried about 40 percent of the meteorites value in that conference. Um so that that's you know their biggest negotiating chips have already left.
0: Now that's why they left.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well I mean they that's were exactly tired right of
0: carrying the dead weight, they're succubuses.
1: Well, I mean, no matter what conference you go to, there's gonna be some dead weight. You know, Northwestern is not carrying the the, the weight in the Big Ten. Um, but I, I'm really curious, Zach, like what's wh- what's next here, you know, in the immediate future? And then what's the ultimate outcome? You know, talking about college sports at a high level. I mean, wh- what, are, what are your thoughts here? Like, where are we going with this?
0: Um, to me, it feels like we're getting to a point where it's almost like uh, the so I would I, I almost think it's going to like a uh, the english premier league la liga the bundesliga syria that's going to be your big 12s your big tens your secs your uh, accs right and even acc's talking about you know you know maybe breaking up here so you get to a point where now you have you know instead of uh, the, 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 now the college football playoff, now you have like eight teams, right? Two from each conference may, it's something like that. I feel like is where we're really headed. Um, so that, you know, maybe, uh, it's more representative on a national scale, uh, for basketball, God only knows may, may God have mercy on all of our souls at our middling, jesuit basketball only universities i have no clue are we we may have to merge with a football school uh like it's like old uh <laughs> old old fatima martyrs if you're a, if you're a 90s cyc kid like back when you had two catholic schools that didn't have enough uh students to form one ba- you know form teams they played you know i played for i went to martyrs i played on fatima martyrs
1: yeah. Yeah, I certainly growing up in, in South St. Louis, uh, I certainly experienced that, you know, it's been a lifetime of uh, of Catholic schools closing down there and merging and whatnot. But I I, so it's been a few years now that I've gotten comfortable with the idea of I wish the football, like the high level football would just peel off of the NCAA. Okay, you're cringing. And I, 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 why is that? I mean, like,
0: it's change scares me peter
1: (laughs) yeah but this could be worse because like at least then basketball and all of the other sports can operate independently of football because right now all of this conference realignment every round of it um is started by football it's always football is always the first domino and it's usually at a power conference that that those dominoes fall right and then somebody poaches teams from the big 12 and the big 12 poaches teams from the american which poaches teams from Conference USA, which poaches teams from the Sun Belt. And it goes all the way down, uh, you know, to the to the WAC and and the MEAC and stuff like that. And, and you just uh, it's always football that's driving it. It's just like I, I just I don't care about college football. I want obviously as, as as SLU fans, we want SLU's interest to be protected. We want the NCAA tournament to be protected as it is. Um, I, I think everything is kind of under threat right now.
0: Yeah, uh it, it, yeah, you're right, and I, I don't know where this goes. Uh, I mean, does, do, does this trickle down to basketball? I mean, could it come to a point where the Big East, yeah, Big East Atlantic Ten merger? I mean, I, I, it's, it, it's, you're, I mean, I, I know you're gonna tell me, like, people are gonna look at me and tell me I'm crazy, but you know, you get to a point where, uh, you know, conference, like, like we, there's some, on some level, you got to compete and, mm-hmm. and and the Big East is great and all, but it, it could, if you merged in just, I, I don't like, I just feel like this is going to be the thing that, like the new trend. Um, so let and me, I'm not let saying that, you know, we're worth a day. I'm in the A10 to join, to, to merge completely, but i mean it's possible
1: let me give you uh a few scenarios here in like the near term so this is either because i think the choose Pac-12 your own is
0: adventure toast. situation
1: yeah it, it kind awesome. of is and i want yes. i want you to tell me where we're going so so the the, the pack 12 is is going to be done i mean it's just that's what it looks like um For as zero so are we looking at, like, for a while we've been talking about four main leagues. You know, people have been talking about four major conferences with about 16 teams each, SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12. Or uh, we, there's rumors that teams like Florida State and Clemson, the SEC is trying to grab those. We know the Big Ten would love to have uh, Notre Dame, and they'd probably like to, to, to grab some of those, like like Duke and North Carolina, if they can get them kind of things. So are we looking at three leagues that's like the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12, uh, with the ACC being carved up between them and the Big 12 already, including the Pac-12? Or are we heading to something that's more of the SEC and Big Ten as kind of like two conferences, like the AFC and NFC and the NFL, uh, having absorbed everything from all of those other conferences? Or are those seriously just two halves of one sort of super league of power conferences or last choice here ABCE. is it going to be kind of an evolution of all of that will we see a few seasons of four leagues going to three to two and then down to one major conference uh how, how do you I, see that kind of playing out in the near term?
0: I, I just in the near I think it's going to be that three situation sure I mean like whatever, whatever that means absolutely I mean 20 20 years down the line when you know uh we're still doing this podcast uh i think you could see you know that that uh AFC NFC National League American League uh absolutely um uh i think but i do think that potentially at some point big time football is just going to break off
1: yeah and I, I, it just feels inevitable at this point that it will. And what I wonder is, um, will the rest of those programs break off too from the NCAA?
0: Because will the the NFL get involved?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean,
0: financially, could they not like, I mean, you know, run it is. I, again, you've, now you've got a self-sustaining minor league and now you can, you know, uh, well and the, players, except the
1: nfl uh, already has essentially know. a minor league without but having now to pay you can that. you
0: can you know financial you can have a financial uh stake I guess. well
1: and then the other thing i'm wondering is if you peel sure. football off what does that do for um for title nine
0: uh, yeah i mean uh, uh, does, yeah does, yeah
1: are we going to see the end of a lot of women's programs at, at a lot of schools are or if uh yeah, and, and then the other thing is, if you break off from the NCAA, what's your incentive to keep around non-revenue programs at all? So I I, I, I don't, I'm almost talking myself into thinking it's just football um, that's in question here, but uh, I really don't I really don't know uh, what all of that looks like. I just I'm I'm quite frankly tired of football running everything and ruining everything, and I'm really afraid for what this means for basketball. But if you're the A10 commissioner. Um, What are you doing right now to to be proactive in all of this?
0: Uh, Negotiating a merger. Merger. Jackie Moon. (laughs) Merger. Uh, I I don't know what the hell you're doing. I mean, I guess you try to find the most profitable, uh, most marketable schools you can to get them in the conference. Uh, Mm. I think I, I genuinely think that i I think the the big east would truly be served well to get out ahead and and again we're billiken fans love the idea of the slew going to the big east but i mean big east should easily come in and try to get you know become that super conference they they, i mean you automatically become like the hot new toy right Mm. if you become a super conference you bring in VCU, you bring in Slu, bring in Dayton, bring in uh, I guess if you want to bring in Loyola, they're marketable. You know, it's not they may not be the the most historically great program, neither is Slu, but Slu's marketable. Uh, Slu's got a great arena, willing to spend the money. Uh, bring in, I, I mean, I guess. You know, it's, it sucks because like UMass has been kind of bad. St. Joe's have been bad. Those are teams that have been historically really, really good programs, but they've been shit for the last five years. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're middling. Um, I think the Big East should 100% go for a uh, a two-division super conference, 100%. Uh, I just don't know what that looks like. In, I would like to think Slu is is a team that would be considered, but I think, I think highly. The, I think more highly of our university than most.
1: Yeah, I, but if the Big East expands by that degree, I think we we would definitely be included. I I just don't. Um, the thing I worry, about, I don't know what the Big East's next media negotiation looks like, um, because it, it's regular season college basketball outside of that power structure enough of a sell anymore I, I don't know i mean i i like the fact that like it's it feels like there's a big east game on fox sports every night in the season you know like and i know they do that on purpose they stagger the games uh throughout the week um, i think it's great obviously i'm biased as somebody who wants to be in the big east you know my wife's team, Xavier's in the big east um, but nevertheless, I, I like that. I just don't know how feasible that is going, you know, going forward, if, if Fox is going to pony up for the Big East again, because at the time they were trying to build out their their sports network, their sports brand, and the Big East made sense for them. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I think it all stinks. I mean, I, I definitely, um, no matter what conference you're running, you've got to be proactive right now, um, for sure and 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 be in front of wherever these things are going but what's become clear to me is so much of the information that we get throughout this this whole conference realignment process is just it's not valid it's not good and it makes you wonder how many people are actually truly close to this process at any given school or conference
0: so one thing you have in your notes here or yeah your notes they're definitely your notes except for the (laughs) intro i wrote that shit um will the NCAA tournament stay intact or will the power conferences form their own tournament? Now I think it would behoove. Yes. Yes. I use that word. You're welcome. Uh, The NCAA to keep it intact because a lot of the drawing power, uh, you know, like early on, especially are the small teams uh, and the smaller conferences. Mm -hmm. However, my question is, would a system of bids, much like the UEFA Champions League, again, drawing comparison to soccer, where conferences have set number of bids, would that discourage or encourage conference realignment? I, I would set up that system to where you would review it every five years.
1: Yeah, or you you would almost have to review it every time there's major realignment because if if well um, that's
0: the thing though no, no no but that's but if you're trying to discourage
1: discourage okay to discourage realignment
0: yes that's my that's my point is would a system of set bids discourage conference realignment because that's really what we're going after here right and yeah. an increase in NCAA bids not only are you looking at the the media negotiations, but you're looking at the NCAA tournament bids, and you're looking at the NCAA po- football playoff bids, right? Uh, yeah. More, more well,
1: money. well, NCA. I think the uh, college football. I mean, uh, their their bowl system already operates outside of the the oh, purview okay. of the, the NCAA. System. So it, it really would just be the other sports. I think in basketball, which would be the the big one driving that. Um, you know, honestly, I think the biggest resistance from that idea uh, to that idea would come from the top conferences, because now that they're going to 16 teams a piece, roughly. Uh, you know, the Big Ten's there now. The SEC's there, rumored to be looking at more uh, rumored merger between Big 12 and Pac 12. ACC's at 15. If you tell them you get you get eight, you get half your conference, they're all going to be pissed off because they've already seen the big 10 get nine as a 14 team conference, you know? So they're going to want a ridiculous amount of bids. They're probably all going to want a number of bids that makes it impossible to give every remaining league an automatic bid or, or or that, or that just basically kills um, any other at large chances. You know, it's just, it would be like 10, 10, 10, and then one for everybody else, you know Um, if, if they got their way and that would be garbage, you know, because I'm already sick of seeing, a nine and 11 big 10 team lose in the first round. I mean, it's like, I'm I'm already sick of that. And I know I tweeted that out from our account a few days ago. Can't wait to see the big, the big 10 get 11 bids. And then, you know, one or two teams in the second weekend every year. Um, But regardless, I mean, you, you, the point you made earlier that, what people like about the tournament is it just feels so open and like anything can happen. And those small teams are what drive it. There are what it's really drive it.
0: Drawing it back to soccer again.
1: It really is. I mean, it really is. And, and every once in a while you get those like Grimsby town uh, teams lining up against uh, Tottenham or whatever, and, and they have to do it at and their the place pitch
0: is disgusting. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they're playing. That's uh, what we should
0: do now. That That's what they should do. And the, they, Go back to campus sites. Let's let's rock that. Campus
1: sites, yeah. Or I mean, if they really wanted it to be the FA Cup, they'd open it up to D two and D three, and then go. you have. I'm
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, then, they should just do that throughout the season. They should just create the uh, the true FA Cup of college basketball.
1: I, it would be fun. That it would, would be it would, wild. Yeah. That
0: would be wild. Yeah,
1: I, the, and I, I mean, the possibilities there are are, are truly uh, are fun.
0: I mean, I'm even tr- like, it would be just i'm i'm i don't even think i can comprehend uh, <laughs> i don't know what you have to do there but uh yeah i mean dude it's it's uh so that's it's bad, it's, uh, it's not a good situation um, it's it, yeah it's, ner- it's nerve-wracking times I, I don't times. i don't envy chris may right now
1: no or any other um yeah. Athletic director who's not in a position of power, you know, but uh, one last point that I'll make um, drawing more comparisons to European uh, football um, is is when they tried to form the Super League, those top programs in Europe tried to form the Super League, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, a couple teams from Italy um, uh, and then and then the top six or seven teams in the in the Premier League the fans revolted and they didn't allow it to happen. And the whole multi-billion dollar deal fell apart because the fans revolted. Here, you go from the very first leak of UCLA and USC to the Big Ten to two hours later, the schools are officially confirming it via press conferences, Twitter, all their social media, whatever, Um, just like that. And it feels like fans here, Number one, I think we all feel like completely powerless to change any of this stuff. It's just matter of fact, this is happening. And then number two, I don't know that the fans would revolt because like I kind of think.
0: If the NCAA tournament goes away, fans would lose their mind.
1: I, 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 but I would, would they lose their mind or would they just lose their interest and go away? That's what scares me because I would love to see them And would
0: the NCAA care.
1: Well, I don't know if the NCAA has any power left. I, I, don't, I think it's, it's all the schools and conferences now that are driving it.
0: What, what is the NCAA's opinion on this, do you think? Like, I mean, why do you knows? think? Like, I, I'm curious whether they find this to be beneficial.
1: I mean, they can't like it because they kind of look like uh, right now they look like a substitute teacher who has no control over the classroom
0: it's moving and like away.
1: kids are standing. Well, they- I mean, except they, they don't even have the power 2, to like turn PM, on the TV
0: 2 PM book drop.
1: Yeah. It's just like, they've completely lost any control. It's like, they- like look at the way that like NIL rolled out, look at everything that has happened in recent years in the NCAA. They just, they have no teeth at all. It's- it looks, it's pathetic. Right. So they can't like this. Um, They can't like the fact that football is driving all of it because football is not where they, they have their, their power, you know, football is not where they make their revenue. So it's just, it's a really uh, for them. I, I I don't know. I think they, this is like an existential threat to the NCAA I think So I, I I have to imagine they don't like it.
0: It's wartime. It is. We're going to the mattresses, Pete. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about Billiken basketball and really, really positive news. Uh, we <laughs> Javante Perkins, man. the 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 guy is the guy has clearly put in the work, and uh, yeah. and he's ready.
1: I felt like every time we got an update about his injury. Um, in the past, you know, nine months or so, it f- he's it feels like he's always been a few weeks ahead of schedule, and uh, yeah. and now after that unfortunate ACL tear against uh, Rockhurst, um, he's been fully cleared for basketball related activity, and uh, you know he said he still has some soreness and he's kind of getting used to the new normal of 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 his knee, <laughs> um, you know he's uh, he, he's trying to figure it all out, and I think the coaches are probably still going to take a cautious approach with him on their European tour in August. But it's just so positive to hear that he's uh, he's come a long way and, and he's ready to play again.
0: Yeah, I feel like early on uh, it was a little – it was a lot negative. Uh, I felt like it was a lot more negative and a lot more, you know, uh, can he – there were there were hurdles that he had to, to overcome. Uh, and he cleared him by a foot. You know, I like, yeah, I mean, there were plateaus, right? Anybody sure. I talked to, you know, yeah. it was, uh, you know, I don't even remember exactly what the specific plateaus were, but there, you know, it was stuff like when he starts walking again on it, put full pressure on it and just, mm-hmm. uh, I think at this point, it's, it's very much uh, going to be all up to his brain. And whether or not he can mentally, uh, you know, trust it.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think over the course of his recovery, he probably had to lose some of the the like the muscle he had put on going into last season, and since then, then more more recent months, he's put that muscle back on uh, to prepare for this season. So I think it's it, it. You're right. It's your brain and your body kind of learning to to work together. Like I said, the new normal. You know, his knee it's going to feel a little bit different than it did before. And then once again, he's adjusting to playing with a, a bigger frame than he's used to having. So if he can get all of that to sync up, if he can get comfortable with how it all feels and luckily he has a few months to do it. I mean, we're, it's early July and we're talking about him being in, in pretty good shape. Um, if, you know, if, if he can figure that out in the next four months, five months, um, as they, they head into the season, um you know this team's ceiling is is really really high
0: i'm i am way too excited i need to <laughs> calm myself down before i uh, get my expectations too high and i mean i probably in text messages to you uh you you're probably very aware of how high i think this ceiling is i yeah i think this is uh, an unprecedented season um that we could be looking at, and uh, not only am I excited, I, I think full disclosure to our listeners are you know our super loyal uh, hundred to two hundred people that listen to us regularly. I mean, if this team is as good as we think they can be, uh, Pete, we're gonna have to do a, we're gonna have to be a lot better at this uh yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna have more eyes on us and we're gonna have to get way better at this i'm gonna have to do way better with paint too on uh yeah. on mac and i'll finally put ago. up
1: like a bigger flag or a background or something here uh no more green shirt day you know like let's <laughs> we'll get yeah, no, no more, more serious uh
0: no more uh scaffolding in the back or whatever uh, yeah you got going on back no my, my shel- there my
1: shelf my shelving yeah, yeah. Uh, i know i know we'll we'll, we'll get all that
0: I have to start yeah i production values will have to go up uh <laughs> yeah i'm i'm pumped i think uh i you know i've told you who i like guessed that if this team is as good as we think they'll be that i think it would no longer be out of our out of our reach but um yeah. There's still one scholar Oh, Sorry. Nope. Nope. Before that, uh, again, we got to get better at this. Uh, Momo Sisei. uh, Momo, the Monster is back on is, is not back on campus. He's on campus. Uh, Pete, the, I mean, I, I don't know if, have we been this excited for a young big man?
1: No, I mean every, it feels like every big man we've had, like the young big that's come in has been a really, um, purely like really late in the game completely speculative Hassan. um yeah except but, but he, has he we like, had him early on you know like yeah, like yeah
0: and it but it wasn't like he wasn't getting like super crazy like hype like he wasn't like a a hyped up on social media guy
1: you know and, and the other thing is like i feel like every big we've had since then has either been a transfer veteran who's been a contributor. Or it's been a, a, like a, a freshman who's come in as like a developmental player, and most of them have not lasted. Um, I think Jimmy Bell, we would have liked to, but he just didn't uh, just didn't work out. But then the other ones, uh, Traore, you know, Madani, some of these guys, I think they kind of they they I think they just thought like, like their development plan was going to take a little longer than they wanted ultimately. Yeah. Um, but I I think he's going to – I think he's really going to – he's going to, first of all, benefit from playing against two 50-year seniors in practice every day. And then uh, uh, number two, both of those guys are gone next year. And, yes, we're probably going to find some transfer or something to, to line up with him, but there's no question that if he uh, puts in the work and, and kind of starts getting things together this year, things open way up for him next season to, to have a huge opportunity for minutes.
0: Yeah so now that he is on campus uh this clearly means that his student visa has been cleared right Uh, yeah
1: and and that that pretty much rounds out i I think this means that everybody is like all the newcomers are, are, are on campus and returning players if they're not back on campus yet i mean you know there's not really a concern there they'll they'll be back uh be back soon so i think this is this is the the full roster unless we uh we come up with something for this last available scholarship what do you think one, there
0: one scholarship left uh i real I, I mean i i mean it could be a transfer out of nowhere it could be a international you know uh 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 emmanuel a selentakis you know a guy <laughs> who comes in as a practice player takes a scholarship i don't think we ha- do we have any walk-ons that could you know i, I don't uh, larry hughes jr or the two larry hughes too
1: yeah i think we'll find out about other walk-ons later but um yeah i, I kind of think the staff's approach here i think they have like we've always been talking about who's who's the ball handler along with yuri either alongside him or when he comes out i think they have more confidence with the guys on the roster right now than we ever would have thought initially you know, some combination of of, of Thames and, and and Parker.
0: They're high on Thames.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super as a freshman. High
0: on and,
1: and 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 us, I mean, we you know, as fans, we might think, well, you know, he's a six-six, kind of skinny, uh, you know, Swiss Army knife of a player. He can play a few different positions and everything, and he was great in high school. I was gonna but... say
0: he's American, Pete.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but did did we <laughs> that's so lame. Did we did we uh <laughs>
0: pete how long have you known me how long oh, have you I know. known me, and how long have we been doing this
1: yeah it's just the, the you know i feel like i've earned the right to the dad jokes here you know being the older guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know but, i turned i turned 33 in in uh, 12 days here oh wow. so, i mean i i should be a dad i'm just very <laughs> terrible with women apparently oh
1: uh, well yeah that's another show yeah um but but I mean who, who would have thought that this that this six six kid would be ready to to handle the ball at the college level as a freshman? I mean I I, I kind of thought we're not going to see much of him as a freshman. Um that's Four fine. so
0: stacked at guard.
1: Yeah, I, I mean we are, but just like you wonder who else is that point guard? And I, I also think they think uh Parker can kind of handle it a little bit more than maybe we thought. Um I, I think you know, you, you you've got Thatch who's still there. I think there's there's a few different uh, options um, as as who can bring it up. So I think they're going to be opportunistic. I think if there is just the right player, just the right transfer who's available late, and uh, and can kind of help out with those duties and doesn't have an expectation of like massive minutes out of the gate, I think there's probably um, you know I think they'll be opportunistic with it. But I don't think they're like sweating. The, the spot i think is what it comes down to
0: yeah no not at all uh but which is good because we can kind of you know it's it's one of those it's like you find the wait for the right fit right right it, it's you know it's not like we've got to go reach for somebody um we can we can kind of sit back and and assess the options so that's, right uh, that's that's a super i mean that's that can only be a good thing mm-hmm um no new offers out there though since our last episode either
1: no it's kind of crazy we had six uh you know last week when we were kind of checking in on new offers i think five of them were brand new and one of them was one that we had missed before um but there's a ton of new interest activity um that, you know coaches are getting out there they're 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 seeing some of these uh the players in summer aau events um so I, I think in the 2023 and 2024 class, there's a ton of new players that they're kind of tracking, uh, getting, getting in contact with paying attention to. Um, so, so, you know, if, if you want to see the full list, I actually still do put that up. Um, it's the recruiting list thread, it's pinned at the top of Billikens.com, the, the main forum, if you want to take a look there, everybody we've offered everybody we're interested in, I do keep a, a running list. Um, a lot of new ones from Texas. So we know Forte's uh, been getting out a lot, but I would expect kind of a flurry of new offer activity uh, coming up here pretty soon. And maybe even, especially once we announce who the new assistant coach is, uh, but all of that is to be announced.
0: Yeah, I forget that. I was literally like, wait a minute, new assistant coach, baseball? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, we still <laughs> don't have a replacement for letty By yeah. the way, Somebody get Ray Jackaletti on the horn. We're trying to get him on the pod. He, yeah. come on now, let's go. We want to hear your ta- his take on the on his final season as a college basketball coach. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, Jordan Goodwin, uh, not coming back to Slu, but he is back on the Wizard Summer League roster after we thought he might have been done.
1: Yeah, we had kind of heard some rumors that uh, you know he was. Uh had a new agent and might've been uh, looking to get out of Washington and see what else was out there. Um, but yeah, he's back on the wizard summer roster and kind of it's kind of fun matchup. Cause it's not like they play a full a uh, full year or anything, but he will face uh, EJ Liddell from Belleville. Um, who's on the new Orleans Pelicans summer league roster. They play on the 13th uh, just a week from today when this releases. So uh, everybody should go check that out uh, to see two local guys. Uh two Metro East guys go head to head.
0: Do New Orleans fans like being the Pelicans?
1: I would. I think it's awesome. I love okay. the Pelicans.
0: I, I don't know, it just seems like the most random. But I guess New Orleans <laughs> is right on the ocean too, so uh it makes sense, I guess. Women's basketball. Uh all is right in the A ten world on the women's basketball side with the uh conference pairings being announced.
1: Yeah, they gave SLU, Dayton, and Loyola as their home-and-homes. And and so honestly, like – Only
0: three – or only two. Like, you only have two teams you play. Yeah, okay. I think
1: they – well, they still only play a 14-game uh, conference season, I believe. So, um, so you wind up with six homes, six road, and then the home-and-homes are Dayton and Loyola. I Again, we said this about the men last week, and Dayton, Loyola, and SLU should just be – put it in stone those are the home and homes every year and i think no matter how good or bad those other two teams are i think they would agree with that it makes travel easier it kind of builds up more interest among the fan bases build rivalries among the the teams i think it's just it makes too much sense um and then our home only games are uh rhode island george mason fordham LaSalle, george washington umass Road only: Davidson, Richmond, Duquesne, VCU, Saint Bonaventure, and Saint Joe's. So, uh, not a ton of interest in that home schedule, other than other than what we've already Ro- talked about. With Rhode Island is
0: D- about to be good, right?
1: Rhode Island or is, is it exp- the
0: other way. Hold on. Did who's the team that just got like a million transfers from everywhere else?
1: Um. Oh, good Uh-oh. question i don't know oh, i
0: can't remember which one it was i want to well, say well Ro-
1: Ro- rhode island just. oh yeah, their- rhode
0: island got them because yeah, they yeah. got a couple of dayton transfers and then they that's got right a couple of uh other
1: uh, and they, they really like their head coach they just signed her to a big extension um so uh so kind of the opposite situation of what's happening at uh at yeah, florida
0: i was just gonna you you can't even let me get the transition there. <laughs> uh fordham uh yeah. Uh, not, not good stories going on, coming out, uh, out of Fordham. Uh, no, has so anybody the, like, I mean, not to, I'm not trying to discredit anybody like, mm-hmm. but has anybody come out and kind of been like, yeah, this is what's
1: so, so it's another kind of weird head coaching situation. It reminds me a little bit of Lonergan at George Washington on the men's side a few years back, because there was the initial flurry of like, this guy's awful get him out of there and then maybe over time it looks like maybe they were a little hasty and and not everything
0: and it was the did the president that was like him and yeah him and, and yeah, the,
1: it was it, yeah right there was the, he and an administrator did not see eye to eye so that the first sign of trouble i think they got him out of there and then a lot of the players who were said to be like this guy's an abusive jerk did not actually say that and didn't actually believe that so What's happening at Fordham is they just let Stephanie Gately go. She was their head coach for 11 years. And um, it was it's weird timing, right? Because this happens right at the end of June, uh, less than a week ago. Um, and, and it's kind of like, well, what's going on here? Well, a couple of days later, a former player, her name's Cody Ray Sims, wrote on her personal blog that there was an open investigation that started in January 2022 and that the school reached out to her. Um, basically an investigation into coach Gately's behavior, looking to see if there was a pattern of, of troubling behavior. So she said the investigation dragged on and only last week did it result in, in the coach's departure publicly articles say that they're either parting ways or she's leaving. They use that kind of soft language. Uh, but Sims swears it's the result of this investigation. Um, some of the, the, the details she said, um, she singled out certain players, including her. She ruled with a culture of fear. She verbally abused players. She would mail letters to players threatening to take their scholarships away and like cite various infractions. Uh, she polled players about other players to see if those players were distractions and should be let go. Um, and then Sims didn't give specifics, but she said there is uh, some legal action being t- taken against Gately. Um, So I don't know, uh, you know, obviously that's on a personal blog. Not all of that stuff has gone through, you know, the journalistic process of uh, editors trying to fact check this stuff. Um, But that's what she said. And it certainly is a possible explanation for the late timing of this. Um, They're going to name an interim coach for this season and they have not yet done that. And um, like I said, publicly, there's no other information about this, but this is all a real shame because fordham had kind of emerged as one of the top two or three teams in the league the last several mm-hmm. years
0: yeah and they've had a lot of kind of just i mean we like the way fordham handled you know the pandemic and uh they really just kind of screwed over the women's basketball program too and the men. well the men uh, screwed, yeah uh, screwed
1: and, and, and part of that i mean they're in they're in new york city and i know um you know, some of the pandemic stuff might vary based on where you were um your, you know, jurist what jurisdiction you're under. Really? They're also Fordham's like kind of a what fringe top 50 uh academic school. Yeah, it's and
0: very uh
1: they try and be, you know, like they kind of see what well, you know, Harvard's doing or the IVs are doing this, and a lot of people follow kind of what the IVs are doing. And you know, that's I think the Ivies are the only ones who actually shut down um this their sports completely that year (laughs) yeah much different uh much different reasons but so anyway um so yeah there 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 are definitely some some uh political and cultural reasons that 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 maybe things have, have been like that at Fordham but also I mean um I don't know I think there's just a lot more that we have to figure find out about this story and um Unfortunately, you know, women's basketball isn't covered as heavily as men, so I, I I hope somebody's doing the the legwork to figure out what's going on there.
0: Yeah, there was some weird allegations in there too. Like she said she was pretty. Like when they were, recruited. yeah, yeah right. that was. Uh, yeah, I, 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 thought, only, I, I really thought this whole allegation was going like. Yes. First of all, first of all, there and I again, I don't want to be insensitive course that's just kind of who i am uh but uh there th- this isn't there was a non-binary player in uh a10 women's basketball i believe this is and I, and I think she played for either fordham or like a umass i just remember she played on one of the maroon teams sheer i'm sorry <laughs> they played on one of the, whatever but this is not that this is not that yeah, sort of deal. right Different. Uh, different yeah because, but i just want to point that out because it's cody ray it's cody so like i because it is yeah. a, a masculine first
1: name yeah not the same this person not, this yeah. this is um she now her situation is kind of interesting because she was coming into fordham under the previous coach and there was the coaching change and this coach uh basically uh, it was it was really weird like well it, i don't even it,
0: remember a coaching chain like they've always been good though
1: well this was when 11 was this? years ago oh yeah man, her, all, like... when you when you look at the letter on her blog this is 2011 that she's talking about um like when gately took over because Back she was a business. she's a high school senior she's already signed with fordham oh, she's okay. going to fordham and then she finds out late, late spring there's a new coach and right out of the gate, like she said, the coach says, well, you're pretty. And so like in the blog, you think like, Oh boy, this is going in a really weird direction, but it, it, no, really it never does. doesn't go that direction. Yeah. Right. It's it like, a, so it,
0: it's like the movie, the room, it goes, it starts in a direction <laughs> and it just never gets there. Like it, you oh, know, she got her writing, uh, writing style from, uh, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Um, no, it, <laughs> but, it's, well, it was it was just a weird like it was it was a weird point in this i don't know it was wild
1: it really was and it, it kind of yeah it, it did kind of throw a little uh, misdirection there um to where we thought it was going and then the allegations never wind up being like like oh yeah oh my god fire her that's horrible it's just sort of a like a vague collection of anecdotes yeah uh well i I should say a loose collection of anecdotes that kind of illustrate a coach who's maybe kind of a jerk yeah it
0: it feels like and again i didn't read the blog because i don't read anything longer than a paragraph it's long yeah it's a long post um but it's it seems like a coach who comes into a situation, maybe trying to force players out, uh, weed out the, you know, either the players they don't think are good enough. Without actually, it's like when you're in a relationship and you really don't want to break up with the girl, but you're, you know, you like. And I'm talking like 10 years ago, college girl. We're not talking now because I'm an adult, but. Like you like you you don't want to dump them because you feel bad, but you just try to like be standoffish and passive aggressive until they decide to break up with you. Yeah. That's kind of what this feels like.
1: Yeah, well she except she on a more
0: aggressive level.
1: Yeah, I mean she definitely took some weird like the 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 you know the wording she used like um to this player like whether you're gonna come play here or not. Uh, was kind of it was rough. It was definitely like, yes. it's just kind of brutal. And then like taking polls of other players about what they think about other players. I mean that's that's some like reality TV like nonsense right there. So so obviously every coach comes in and wants to kind of assert their style and and have their players. And we how many stories did we hear about Rick Majerus and how brutal he was to the players he inherited? So I mean like yeah this this stuff happens and there's a way to handle it better. Page um, Brett it, Thompson. It's, yeah and yeah and it's going to be interesting to me to see if there's more that comes out to support why she should have been let go Mm -hmm. or if Fordham was just being over cautious here um so yeah and and I'm certainly open to either possibility I have no idea um but I'd I'd like to see more than one player from 11 year years ago um one one more than one player like kind of uh supporting what you know what may have led to this
0: you know rhode island's got to be licking their chops right now there's another a10 school that you know they can grab players from that are trying to transfer Uh, (laughs) that's right uh, that's right uh speaking of uh you know coaches wanting to have their players and uh you know you know get their system in uh well the, the women's team here at Saint Louis University got a few uh, a few new players.
1: Yeah, and stop two, me if you two, not a stop me if you've heard this one before, but one of them is a transfer from Zach Longwood University. Longwood um, University. <laughs> Brianna Johns uh goes by Bree. Um she's listed as a junior, uh 5'11 wing from Alexandria, Virginia. She actually started her college career at Semo. She only appeared briefly in five games as a freshman, Uh, appears not to have gotten a red shirt since she's listed as a junior. Um, So uh, it wasn't like an injury or anything transferred to Longwood and uh, now she follows coach Tillett to slew at Longwood. She started 24 out of 34 games, averaged 18.1 minutes per game, four and a half points a game and 3.3 rebounds per game. She was she was tied as the number six scorer on that team. So SLU now has the number one, four, and six scorers uh all, as players. And then the number three scorer uh is now an assistant coach at SLU. And then the fourth long uh Longwood transfer is Tillett's daughter, uh, who didn't play last year with stress fractures. So um uh, you know, it's it's it she really has kind of taken the top half of that team. There are a couple rotation players who stayed at Longwood. And then the number two scorer is uh, she, she moved on and is pursuing a pro career. Um, But yeah, certainly uh, more Longwood flavor on the roster. Now,
0: give us the surprising addition to the roster.
1: So this one is the first non-Longwood transfer. Her name's Camry Clegg and she's a grad transfer from St. John's. Um, She's originally from the Detroit area, uh, went to Clemson initially. And then sat out as a transfer the following season, played two seasons at St. John's Um, last year, she started 21 of 31 games. So about the same um, start rate that John's had. She averaged 20.8 minutes a game, 6.4 points a game, 1.8 rebounds a game. And then she led the team with 3.3 assists per game. She actually put up better numbers in the Big East than in non-conference, partly because she had huge games against Georgetown and Providence. Um, She has a degree in sports management already and an MBA in finance. So, so she's really a good student too. Uh, Did did all that in four years and is said to be pursuing a second master's degree. She does most of her scoring from the three point line. SLU was a horrible three point shooting team last season. Um, So I think
0: mostly because their, their loss of Rachel Kent and. Yes. Uh, I believe in ACL to one. It was
1: kind of like Kylie Bass was the only uh, three-point yeah. shooter last season, and she was kind of feast or famine. Um, you know, Harbison, obviously, a little bit, but we just didn't have shooters.
0: But, by um, the way, I'm curious. Uh, how do you pronounce uh, her MBA program? What, what was that?
1: Did I say finance? You did. Instead and I'm of fi- curious, finance?
0: I'm curious how much Tour de France you've been watching. Bec- you know <laughs> –
1: that's, it's, that's one of a few words that I go back and forth on. And, and as soon as I said it, I, I, I was hoping I wouldn't get called on it. Um, but I think her combination of experience, shooting from the three-point line, distributing ability, those are all great fits. Uh, Tillett thinks she really is going to fit her offensive scheme well. So uh, I think this is a, a really nice addition, actually.
0: I, I agree. And uh, speaking of uh, Rebecca Tillett, if you have made it this far in our show... Uh, Please go back and listen to the Rebecca Tillett interview. It really was uh, super interesting. And uh, she has a a great story and uh, she's got a lot of uh, energy and a lot of ambition. And, and, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a fun season to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to a few games.
1: Yeah. And I should add um, recruiting wise, she and her staff are hitting the road. Um, They're going to no less than six or seven events over the next two weeks here um less than two weeks honestly the next two weekends um they're going to be all over the country so um they're they're hitting hitting the road hard and i think four of them are going out she is going out as are all three of her recruiting assistants so um they're putting a full push for slew out there right now and that's uh, that's great to see including um i'm forgetting what it's called but there's a big event in louisville this weekend that earl austin's actually going to be at too yeah that's right um uh, but uh but a big time uh girls high school basketball uh, yeah, recruiting event
0: you're not giving me enough time to google here. <laughs> but um,
1: slew will be in the house earl austin will be in the house and uh and they're going to be finding future billikens uh,
0: yeah i got nothing um baseball uh breaking moves uh as they say on pardon my take breaking news uh because we're not in another podcast uh new assistant coach joining the staff uh darren Hendrickson staff
1: just saw this on Twitter, um, like literally right as we were starting the show. So this is a last minute edition of the notes. I don't have a big bio on him. Unfortunately couldn't find much, um, on KU's website, but Antonio Garcia new assistant baseball coach spent the past season as a grad assistant at Kansas where he also played, um, you know, in his little note on Twitter saying that he's joining slew staff. He said, uh, thanks to Kansas for the, a great six years. So I'm assuming he, um, you know, he stayed for four years, got his grad grad degree as a grad assistant there for their baseball team. Um, and now he's ready to move on to the coaching ranks. So SLU will be his first step outside of KU and uh, welcome.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, always excited to see where, where Hendo's taking this, this baseball program. And uh, hopefully he gets his press box in a, a better stadium soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh well that uh that'll wrap us up for the week that was in Building Athletics. Uh follow us on Twitter at Midtown Mad Pod, at Peter is a tweeter, at Zach Miller mmp and on Instagram, Midtown Mad Pod. Uh we haven't officially started season two yet, but thank you to our uh sponsor, uh Two Men in a Garden. Uh well, I i call it Two men in a Garden Salsa, but it's two men in a garden pickles and salsa. It's actually not that but they do both of those things uh, we also appreciate any and all suggestions you might have for the show uh please go subscribe to the show if you have not already on all the platforms i don't care if you are on spotify or not go there and subscribe uh if you haven't left a review uh we love getting five stars and, and reviews especially constructive criticism like i said before we love suggestions uh pete as always go bills
1: go bills we